Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We want to welcome everyone in the building to Christ Center Church Bible Study Night. Amen. And those who are online, welcome. We appreciate you and we thank God for you that you are here with us to hear the word of God and to get more food for the spiritual man. Amen. So we are going to pray and we're going to pray for Brother Henry, Minister Henry, Brother Kellyman, and uh, Babsy Crooks, Sister Chrissy Revelous, and Sister Patrice, who is working in the AV room at the moment. If you have a prayer request, I'm going to ask you to just come down to the front tonight. Just come down to the front and pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is already here. And we just got to believe him to receive our blessing, to receive our healing, to receive our deliverance. For he is well able to deliver. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's all join in prayer tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We adore you, Jesus. Oh, God, we bow down before you. We exalt you, Lord. How excellent is your name in all the earth. Lord Jesus, we are here tonight, Lord God, because of you, Lord God. You are the one who draw us, oh God, into your house, dear Father God. And we appreciate it, oh God. We appreciate all that you have done for us. Hallelujah, Lord God. Even, Lord Jesus, though we don't deserve it, Lord God, but because of your grace and your mercy and your love towards us, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We worship you, God. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. We holler your blessed name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Breathe upon us tonight, Lord God. Lord God, as we come into your house, help us to have ears to hear your words, Lord God, and to receive them, mighty God. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we want to use the right material to build the house, oh God, that we're building. Lord Jesus, we want to stand upon your words. Lord God, we cannot do without you, oh God. And so, Lord God, as we come tonight, we ask you to touch us oh God again oh God pour into us like never before Lord God and help us oh God that oh God will apply your words oh God to our daily living Lord Jesus living a life of righteousness and holiness Lord God we know that our righteousness is like filthy rags before you so help us to humble ourselves before you Lord God oh God help us to be united in the name of Jesus. For united we stand, but divided we fall, Lord God. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, remember Brother Henry tonight, wherever he is, Lord God, whatever is happening to him tonight, Lord God, you can do exceeding abundantly above all that we are able to ask or even think, Lord God. Lord Jesus, remember Brother Kelly, man, touch his body, Lord God. Heal him, Lord God. There's nothing too hard for you to do, Lord. Remember Bob Crooks in the hospital. Lord Jesus, touch her body, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We are looking and we are expecting, oh God, a good report, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Remember Patrice Martin, Lord. I pray for her, Lord God, that you'll heal her, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, uh, hallelujah, Lord God. Break every sickness, God. Uh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, loose them. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, from every sickness, God. Uh, hallelujah. That's in our bodies, Lord God. I pray, oh God, that you rebuke it out of our bodies, Lord God. Uh, according to your will, almighty God. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, Lord God, there's nothing impossible with you. Breathe upon us, your people, one more time. In the name of Jesus, all those who are at the altar tonight, Lord, I pray that you'll supply their needs according to your riches and glory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we call upon you. We know that your ears are not deaf unto our cry, Lord God. Lord God, you see everything and you know all things, Lord God. And hallelujah, Lord God, you said we should call upon you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, and you will answer. Mighty God, remember our pastor and bishop tonight. I pray, oh God, as he come with the word, as he break the bread to us, Lord. I pray that your anointing will fall upon us. I pray that we'll receive it, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, we bless your name. Lord God, we worship you. Lord God, we adore you, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God. Lord God, for what you're doing tonight and what you're about to do, Lord God. Go before us and behind us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit. Thou art welcome in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. For the Lion of Judah will break every chain and give us the victory again and again. Lord God, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Lord God, we thank you and we appreciate you. And we say thanks in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We thank you tonight, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence that is in this place. We thank you, Almighty God, for giving us 
guidance, direction, Lord, and for allowing us to experience your presence, Lord God. Oh, Father, those of us that are here tonight, those of us, Lord, that are online, that is in need, Lord Jesus. Will you meet them right where they are, Lord God, and move in a special way on their behalf, Lord God. You know the need better than those who have the need, Lord God. And we're asking tonight, Lord, that you will do exceeding and abundant above whatever we may ask or think, Lord Jesus. Oh. Oh, God, we need you, Lord. We need you. Oh, God, we give you honor. We give you praise. You are our God. You are our King. It is in you we put all of our trust, all of our confidence, Lord. Oh, you are our everything. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless your name, oh, God. We praise your name, oh, God. Oh, we thank you. Anybody feel the presence of the Lord tonight? Come on, just let him know how much you appreciate him. He doesn't have to allow us to experience his manifested presence. There are places, oh God, that right now they're calling on his name. And they're not experiencing this presence like we are right now. Because they don't know which God to call on. They're calling on the wrong God. But we who are his people, who know our God, that is strong. We will do exploits because we know him. We know him. And we call on the true, the one and only God, his name is Jesus. Oh, thank you for your presence, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you praise and honor, Lord. We give you praise and honor, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray with me right now for Javis McPherson. We want God to touch him. He is Sister Arlene's father, and we want God to touch Javis. He's in the hospital, and he's not doing well. And if the saints of God will stand in the gap and pray, we will see what God will do. Father, we pray for Javis McPherson, Lord God. Oh, God, if you will move on him even now, Lord Jesus, as we touch and agree as the saints of God for Javis, Lord God, McPherson, Lord Jesus. We pray, almighty God, that whatsoever he needs, Lord God, you will provide it. You will supply it according to our request, Lord, according to our petition, Lord. Oh, God, will you touch his body, Lord? Will you do what only you can do right now, Lord? Will you heal to the uttermost, Lord God? Will you strengthen him, Lord God? Oh, God, I pray tonight that he will respond, oh, God, to you to your touch, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray healing and wholeness for Javis McPherson. We thank you for what you're doing with Sister Chrissy, Lord God, for touching her body, for touching her mind, for healing her and strengthening her, Lord God. Oh, Lord, you're so good to us. We thank you, Lord. We give you honor and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, touch Barbara. 
tonight and give her the strength, Lord God. Touch her mind, Lord God, that as she care for her mother, she will be strengthened by you, Lord God. She will have the wisdom of God. Lord, I pray that you will have your way in Barbara's life. Touch her and, oh God, let your will be done in her life that she can be a blessing to her mother. Touch Joe, Lord God, and let the will of God be done in his life, Lord, that he can be a blessing, oh God, and that he will have the answers and guidance, Lord God, that's necessary. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's thank the Lord tonight in the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we praise your name. Amen. What a way to start off our Bible study tonight. I'm so glad that God brought us together one more time. And for all the petitions and prayers that have gone up, certainly the Lord has heard our cry. And we just wait and see what he will do because he knows best. We're not here to tell God what to do. He knows what to do. But we are here to make our petitions known unto him. We are here to ask, and it's up to him what he wants to do. And we trust that whatever he does, it's just right. (laughs) We don't have to worry about a thing. It's just right. Even when we don't think it's just right, we know it's just perfect. It's just perfect. So we trust God in everything that he does because he is God all by himself. Amen. Just a couple of quick notes before I get into the word of God. Uh, This tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday morning and afternoon uh, is Winter Fire 2024. For those of you that can make it to Winter Fire, um, it's a great conference. It will bless your soul and uh, especially leaders in the church. A lot of times leaders are always doing something. And they never get a chance to do nothing and just be ministered to. And so I always recommend leaders go to Winter Fire and let the Lord minister to your soul where you're not required to do anything. So it starts tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. And it goes all, uh, tomorrow night, all day Friday. They have morning sessions and then evening sessions. And then Saturday they have morning sessions and afternoon sessions. And so we'll be out of there no later than 2 p.m. Saturday to make it down the turnpike and come back home. And we have um, our, our, one of our sister churches um, in the district, because all the churches are sisters, you know, that's what we are. So, so um, there's a youth service in Plainfield, New Jersey. One of our sister churches are hosting a youth service this Saturday at 6 p.m., and what our district has been doing is all of the youth leaders and youth pastors and youth directors are getting together and they're taking different dates on the calendar and have youth services and they invite each other and they support one another. And so if you can make it to Plainfield this, e- this Saturday coming at 6 p.m., we'd love for you to join us. And um, believe me, I've... Um, I cannot tell you a lie. All of the conferences, all of the church services I've gone to, they have helped me become who I am today. And so, as I like to tell you, I don't know why we slowed down on going to conferences, why we slowed down on going to more church services. I have no clue um, because it doesn't make good sense. You don't spend less time with people and get closer to them. 
It's not a, it's, it's just, it doesn't happen. We get closer the more time we spend together, right? And so that's the same thing with the Lord. The more time we spend with him, the more, the closer we get to him, the more we learn who he is and get to know him. So if you can and you want to get closer, you want to learn more about the Lord, this Saturday, 6 p.m. in Plainfield, see the Haskers if you want the actual address, the physical address for the church in Plainfield. So we want you to join those who will make it. Um, I don't think I will make it, but um, I hope some of you will make it. I mean, probably not going to be feasible for me to come down from winter fire and make it and then be ready for Sunday morning. So um, that's just me. I hope um, that's not the case for, well, it's not the case for all of us here tonight, but that's my case. Um, We got good news. We just found out that our church picnic will be July the 6th. So if you um, did not, well, you probably didn't know till now because we just got the word. So um, we want you to make note of it. Um, I always encourage this church that um, two of our biggest events in this church is our church picnic and our Christmas banquet. And um, those are two events where we get to just hang out, chill out, do nothing, and just have a good time, eat good, fellowship with one another, invite other people to be a part of what we're doing so they can see us outside of the building and not just think that we're these people that get dressed and, and act crazy in that building. They will see us normal. So they will realize we're normal people as well as godly people. And so we always recommend that you come out strong for the church picnic and the Christmas banquet. So the church picnic will be July 6th, Saturday, July 6th. Um, I don't know, you know, to me, I think it's a good date. Um, The 4th of July is, what's that? That Thursday is the 4th of July. And so, you know, that could be a whole good week of just having a good time with family and friends. So let's make good use of our picnic and uh, we'll have a good time. Amen. Amen. I feel like the Lord led me to um, our our Bible lesson tonight. Um, I, you know, just, you know, I, I'm, I'm just as human as you. Um, I get to experience um, things that you experience. I think sometimes um, some pastors make themselves to be a little bit different from everyone else. Uh, but even Jesus, uh, when he walked this earth, he wasn't any different from any man. And he said as such, he says he bears um, the infirmities of the people, but he, he felt like we felt. He, he went through struggles like we struggled. And so um, he was God in the flesh, but he still uh, experienced what we experienced. And I never want you to make, I never want you to think that I'm any different from you. So you suffer loss, I suffer loss. You go through struggles, I go through struggles. You hurt, I hurt. So we're all in that same boat because we live in this world, in this life. And so just kind of knowing a little bit of, you know, what's going on in different lives, I feel like the Lord led me to this. I didn't just say, pick it out of the air. As a matter of fact, I had something else that I wanted to teach, and um, I didn't feel strongly like the Lord was granting me to um, permission to teach that, and then I, in my mind, question it. Okay, then if that's not it, what is it, Lord? And I feel like he made me go and, you know, look at something and begin to seek it out. And, and this is what I have come up with for you tonight. And so I hope I can encourage you. I hope it will be a blessing to you. In First Peter chapter 5, verse number 7, I just have one verse out of First Peter chapter 5, verse number 7. And that one verse says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. And so for the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this topic. Give your cares to Jesus. Give your cares to Jesus. Uh, I find myself in in just talking with many folks, and and I, I think I know how I came about this message because I had a thought in my mind that I didn't dare utter. And what the thought was, I was just, you know, hearing from folks and, um, and then the thought came into my mind because when you hear from folks, you say to them, you know, we're going to pray. We're going to keep you in prayer. And I started questioning myself, like, is that enough? I need, I mean, I mean, this is me internally. I just feel like that's not enough. And then I got checked in the Holy Ghost. Like, what do you mean that's not enough? You're praying to the God that can do anything. That's enough. But somehow when you live in this flesh and people say we'll pray, it just don't feel like it's enough. For whatever the reasons are in our mind, when someone says we'll pray and we're going through a situation, it's easy to start thinking in your mind, yeah, I appreciate it, but is that enough? Because right now I need some relief. Right now I need some answers. Right now I need something to change. So you telling me you're going to pray I appreciate it, but I just need something more. And I started thinking like that, pastor, like, man, God, forgive me. Forgive me for thinking like that because I certainly was thinking like that. How can that be enough? I need to do something because I'm just that kind of guy, that kind of person. Like, if, if, if I have the answer for you that can help you, oh, you getting it. So when people say they're hurting or, or, or they're struggling or whatever it is, whatever they're going through, and, and the only answer is the Lord, and, and, and the way we get that message to him is by praying, expressing to him what we desire, uh, you know, the control is in his hands, not in mine. And maybe that's the issue is we often want to have the control to resolve things. But when you're living for God, it doesn't work that way. When you're living for God, you have to trust that he has everything under control and he will make it work, not us. And this is why sometimes our prayers become a little bit kind of off kilter and kind of weird and not kind of according to the word of God because if we are not careful we will be praying thinking we can make God do something we cannot make God do anything if that's the truth then he would not be all knowing why would we ask God to do something that God knows will not be good for us why would he do it anyhow if he's perfect if he's just Why would he listen to some of our prayers telling him what to do when if he does it, it's going to make matters worse? And we don't know it because we're not all knowing. So we're praying, oh God, you know, deliver us from the situation. And God is saying, if I deliver you, you're going to go so far deep into sin because you're going to think it's all good. But if I leave you right there and let you be tried by the fire, you're going to come out of this thing right. Only he knows that. We don't know that. And so it's important that we don't pray telling God things like he don't know. He knows. And we have to be comfortable with just expressing to him our feelings. Now, that's different. Expressing to God how you feel is not telling God what to do. So sometimes you just got to say, God, 
I, this pain, man, I'm, I, I carry it every day and I'm sick of it. It's okay. You, you're not telling him what to do. You're just telling him how you feel. Does he know how you feel? Yes. But it's okay to express your feelings to him. If your child come to you and express how they feel, what are you going to tell them? Don't feel that way? No. You just say, I understand, or let me help you with that. So it's okay for us to express to God how we feel, but we can't go to God and tell him what we want. Because you might tell him something that is just crazy and you're going to realize you were crazy later on for saying it. But let's get into the word. You may be seated. According to recent data from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, nearly 20% of American adults struggle with an anxiety or worry in disorder. So many Americans, 20%, that number could be higher even now, 20%, at least 20% of Americans are struggling with anxiety and worry and disorder. We're always worried. We're in, we have anxiety about everything it seems like that's going on in our lives. Hmm. Many of the people that are struggling with this anxiety and worry and disorder Many of them are on medicine just to get through the day. Sometimes chemical imbalances or physiological reasons cause people to need anxiety medicine. It's safe to say anxiety is at an all-time high, and I don't believe it's going to get any better. We got to realize why it will not get better. Uh, I think the leaders in society and most of our leaders, unfortunately, are being influenced by the wrong spirit. And so the leaders of our society, as they are influenced by the wrong spirit, will always get us to hear negative news because they know negative stuff sells. Positive things make you feel warm and fuzzy, but it doesn't sell newspaper. Well, they don't have newspaper anymore. It don't get you to click anymore onto their news. And so because they want the clicks, because clicks sell, they're going to sell us negative stuff so we will click on it. They know if they, they put positive headlines, we're going to skip over it and look for the negative ones. And so society is struggling with anxiety and worrying because our media, our, our, our platforms, social media platforms and news medias, they're doing everything they can to make us worry. It may never, let me tell you something about worrying. Worrying is like a thief. Worrying is like a thief. It may never take a dollar out of our pocket, but it can steal our joy right out, right out of our heart. Mm-hmm. That's what worrying is. It's a thief. And when, when worrying gets the best of us, oh my goodness, it's robbing us. Mm-hmm. One way to overcome worry is to realize we're not living for, uh, we are living for more than what we have down here. That's one of the reasons, one of the ways that you're going to get past 
or at least, you know, be in a positive position when you have to deal with worrying is to realize, and maybe this is why we struggle, because we won't accept that this is not all that we have. If we're Christians and we're really living for God, we're going to spend a lifetime, not, not, not 70 years, not 90 years, not 107 years. We are going to spend eternity in the best place we can. We're going to have the best life we can ever have if we keep on living for Jesus. But we tend to get so focused on this world and what's going on in this world that we forget that we are not going to spend eternity in this world. This world is not where we're going to spend all of our eternal um, uh, existence. It, it's in heaven if we live for Jesus Christ. But but we're not focused enough on heaven. We're not focused enough on getting up out of here. We're focused too much on being here. We must live with heaven on our mind. But that takes faith. We must live with heaven on our mind, but it takes faith. And so we need to pray, God, for me to overcome, first of all, all of this anxiety and worrying. I need to live with heaven on my mind. I need to live with heaven thoughts in my heart. And I want to have faith in order to do it, Lord. Will you help me? Worry and faith are, are, are like two chefs in a kitchen. <laughs> Worry and faith both feed our soul, but they feed our soul on different dishes. Worry serve up a steady diet of, hear me, I don't know. That's the worry. That's the diet. Everything is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the future holds. As I said, just watch all of our news outlet. They're going to always tell you something to make you worry. I don't know what will happen in the world or which world power will get dangerously close to starting a nuclear warfare. I don't know if the stock market will rise or it will fall or it will crash or do all three. I don't know if the housing market will bust. <laughs> I don't know if the company I work for will downsize or outsource or even close down. I don't know what the sickness that is in my body will do to my body. I don't know. I don't know. I feel this pain and it won't go away. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know what church is best for me. I don't know what ministry God called me to. I don't know what college I should attend. I don't know what career I should pursue. I don't know what man or woman is right for me. Worry keeps cooking up dishes in the kitchen to feed us that steady diet of, I don't know. That's what we're dealing with. 
So it's not a coincidence. Some of us, mm, help me Holy Ghost, some of us are in pain because we're worrying. It's not pain from sickness. It's pain from worry and anxiety. Sometimes we just got to hear something bad and all of a sudden our bodies start getting funny and weird on us because we just heard bad news and the way out we're digesting it, it makes it even more scarier because of whatever experiences we've had. And so here we go now, we're experiencing pain. You can go to the doctor and tell them I'm experiencing pain and they can't tell you why because they can't find any evidence of what pain is troubling you. Why? Because it probably wasn't something wrong with your body. It's the anxiety, it's the worrying that is coming to you, and you don't know how to handle it, and so it just messes with your body physically. I don't know. It keeps us fretful and fearful. I don't know. If we keep feeding our soul on what we don't know, We will always be in a battle with worry, and that is not God's intention for any one of our lives. We cannot fulfill God's promises. We cannot fulfill God's purpose for our life if we're constantly worrying and trying to figure out this and figure out that and can't get an answer. And so now we're just all messed up because we don't have an answer because we need to know, but we don't know. Thankfully, there's another chef that's chefing it up in the kitchen. That chef is faith. Faith is happy to feed our soul. Mm -hmm. But faith cooks from a different cookbook. (laughs) Faith serves us a steady diet of I know. I could not not tell you this story because every time I, I say that word, I know, this story comes back. Years ago, I used to be a waiter at the Rusty Scupper and was waiting tables for many years. He was great. I enjoyed it. But we had a guy that came on board and he was a Haitian guy and his name was Franz. A lot of Haitians that are Franz. And so... We're trying to teach him how to be a good waiter. We had a salad bar in the middle of the restaurant at the time, and, you know, everybody take turn. It's on your schedule that you'll work the salad bar, and we're doing it. And we're trying to teach Franz the ways to do the job, and Franz is like, and Franz was just on the job about two days. Everything we showed Franz to do, he said, I know. All right. We let it slide the first couple of times. And so we would front. So you want to get the stuff from out of the walk-in freezer and you want to make sure the ice is in the salad bar before you put the stuff in. I know. And we, we just keep going and explaining to Franz and everything we tell. I know. After a while, we say, Franz, you only been here two days. You don't know. That's why we training you. I know. But when you have faith, you do know. I don't think France France had faith at that time. He may have it today. Faith serves us a steady diet of 
I know based on the recipes that's in God's inspired word. I know God is a healer and he is able to heal us of all diseases. I know the angels of the Lord encamp round about those who fear the Lord. I know my Redeemer lives and I will see him one day. I know my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I know where I am. I know where he is. I know God is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I know. Faith tells me, I know. And I don't even have to know all of the stuff I just told you. I just got to know him. This is why it is so essential that people come to know that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. If you keep on thinking that there's three in one, you're going to have to compare what can the Son do and what can the Father do and what can the Holy Spirit do. And you won't sure who does what. But when you understand the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost is Almighty God, then you know that ain't nothing He can't do. He is the one that's doing everything. He is the one that does everything. I'm not getting confused. I know who God is. And because I know who he is, I got faith. I know. I wish I could see Franz today. First thing I'll say to him, I see him, Franz, what's up, my friend? Guess what? I know. And he, see, and he would smile, but then I'd get into, this is what I know. And I'd tell him about Jesus. I know. In Luke chapter 9, the scripture says, And he said to them, and he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That's an interesting scripture for what we're talking about here tonight. (laughs) Jesus' disciples could have lived without worrying where they would eat their next meal or sleep at night. Why would they not have to worry? Well, they wouldn't have to worry because they were with Jesus. And if you know who Jesus is, then you know you're with the master and you don't have to worry. Also, they had something better than a promise from Jesus. They had Jesus in their presence. They had Jesus with them. They were in his presence. They knew he was all powerful. They knew he could not be defeated. And they knew he would take care of them. (laughs) Many of us. This is the challenge here, church. Many of us who are fighting the war of worry and anxiety are fighting it because we're not following Jesus the way that we should. Work with that with me. I have told you, I grew leaps and bounds from 2022 
2024. Leaps and bounds. Why? Because I watched Jesus worked. I watched him work in 2022 to 2024 like I've never seen him work for myself. Now, other people may have seen him work, great work, but that's them. I'm talking about for me, I've never seen him work like that because that's my up close and personal. And I watch every move we made in this church to say, all right, Lord, what's next? And he will tell me what's next. It went down to we had a choice to select one of our UPCI people that will help us with our stewardship campaign or some outside person to help us with our stewardship campaign. And he says, no, go with the outside people. Really, Lord? Yes, go with the outside people. And we went with the outside people. It was the best decision we made everywhere we turn I said okay Jesus what's next and he would just tell me what's next and we will do it and I've learned that Jesus will take care of his business if we will do his business he will take care of it why we get a little anxious and why we worry a whole lot is because we're doing our own thing and we're not doing his thing we're a little quiet But if we're following Jesus, can you imagine if you follow Jesus? Lord, I'm hungry. Uh, What that little boy have over there? Bring it over to me. Uh huh. Whatever it was. Oh, Lord, we try to cast out the demons out of this person. It wouldn't work. Bring him to me. Be out. Oh, ye of little faith. No obstacles. Got in his way. Nothing they needed, they did not have. And so they knew that as long as they were following Jesus, it was going to be all right. And if we will get that revelation that we're following Jesus, and if we will do his will, we don't have to worry about a thing. You've heard me say it, and you might have took it for granted when I say, start doing what God wants you to do, and death can't do nothing with you. The plane can't go down with you if you're in dead smack in the will of God. Nobody can hurt you and take you out if you're dead smack in the will of God. And so we won't worry if we're in the will of God. But if we're not in the will of God, we're going to worry. So challenge yourself tonight and says, why am I worrying? It's probably because I'm not walking dead smack in the middle of the will of God. That's probably why I'm not. That's probably why I'm, I'm worrying. I'll start worrying when God showed me the person who's going to take my place in this church. When God say, that's who's going to be the next pastor in this church, then I'm going to start worrying a little bit. Like, oh, Lord, if I get sick, I might die. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm not, because guess what? Anytime Jesus is ready for me, I'm ready for him. Because the bottom line is I've told you, maybe I just didn't have a whole lot of great aspiration when I was growing up, and that's just me. But, man, I have, I have just gone way past what I ever thought my life would be. I'm just way past it at this point. I'm like, man, I never dreamt my life would be like this. And so everything that's going on in my life is way beyond what I could have ever dreamt. So I have already said to myself, bro, you have overachieved like nobody else's business. 
You know, like when you see a guy with a really, really beautiful woman and he broke and don't have nothing and you're wondering how in the world he pulled her. That's me. That's me and what God, where God has me. Like, how in the world did he end up there, Jesus? Because it ain't because of my good looks. It ain't because I got money. I ain't got none of that. He just allowed me to be where I am, and I am so grateful. I am so thankful. So whatever happens to me moving forward, don't y'all sorrow and weep for me. Just give God praise for me and says, my God, that man always said that you got him into a place where he overachieved in life. So let's just praise God for him. We see when you are following Jesus, you know he has everything under control. You know he will provide for his purpose. Understand this. His purpose is always accompanied by his power. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. He says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And then it went on and they said, if they pick up any serpent, it would not harm them. Then it goes on to say, and they went forth preaching the word. Guess what it says after that? The Lord working with them. Go look at it. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 20. Go look at it. The Lord working with them. So if we go and do what God says, God works with us. You heard my good brother, brother Nathan Herod preaching. If you he was here earlier, we always try to throw some preaching on in the end if you come early. And Nathan was preaching that. This ain't got nothing to do with preacher. This has to do with the Lord loving his people that obey him. And when they obey him and they go and speak his word, God uses them. Um, anybody could go lay hands on the sick and they recover if you're doing what God says. When you go and tell them the word, the power of God will manifest and work because this has nothing to do with with people, it has to do with us obeying God. Miracles, signs, and wonders will take place when we go and do God's will. But if we're not following him, then we're going to get worried. Anxiety is going to sit in. It's interesting. If you go and do God's work, man, even when the situation come, I, I was kind of like this. Um, I don't know if I'm still like it, and it's not good if I'm not still like it, but I felt at one point in time in my life, I can pray everything straight. It didn't matter what was going on. I just felt like ah, I'm not worried about it. I can make that work. Now, I was kind of messed up in my theology, but it's just the way I felt, that I can make everything right. It's nothing, and, and I still feel that way today. I think I still feel that way today. I just understand that God is the one that's working. Back then, I thought that, you know, it was up to me if I prayed just right. <laughs> uh, that's why I can tell you what I tell you sometimes, that you can't go telling God what you think he should do because you're not all-knowing, and God doesn't have to listen to you saying anything because what do we know? But he knows everything. But if we will do what God says, and that's what I was probably getting mixed up and confused because I was dead smacking the will of God. So when I did what God wanted me to do, I was seeing the manifestation of his power. So I'm like, whoa, man, God is here in this place. Why? Because I was following him. 
when we follow God, we will not worry. Anxiety will have to leave us when we follow God. Worrying will have to leave us when we follow God. We just have to challenge ourselves enough to say, are we really following him? Or we're just just going through the motions of religiosity. We're just going through the motion of traditional Christianity. Telling Bible study tonight, I said, some people come to this church and they are a little you know, concern. Why? Because we're not following the tradition that they're accustomed to from the old church. I was talking about Sister Rosalie today. She asked me this question one time and somebody else came after her and asked the question, why don't we have communion on the first or the second or the third or the fourth Sunday? What's going on here? That's a tradition that nobody ever preached about. That's a tradition to have it on one, you know, consistently on a certain Sunday. That's tradition. And so people that are accustomed them to that tradition when they come to this church they're making faces that they like their tradition what's up with this church what what, what we sinning or something because we're not having communion every third where you see in the bible that we need to have communion every third sunday show me but people feel like if we don't do it we ain't right because we are accustomed to doing our thing not his thing And so we need to make sure we get ourselves aligned with the Lord and follow him and not so much follow tradition. I'm not telling you some traditioners are not good. I'm just saying when you are going to open your mouth and question anything, make sure you can find it in the book that says we need to be doing this. And if and if we're not doing it and it's not in the book, give us a break. Give us a break if we're doing something that, that if, if, if you're wanting us to do something that's not in the book, because you got to realize what you want is something you like, something that's your tradition, something that you're accustomed to, and we're not doing it. But if it's not a sin, eh, give us a break. Don't kill us because you, it's not a sin. And, and, and I give people the, 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 I want you all, whatever you think, whatever you want to know, please, I'm not this pastor that's sitting upon his high horse that you can't come into. Come and ask me any questions that you have because I want to help you. Messing with Bible study again tonight, Brother Tim. Brother Tim, uh, just has had this desire to, 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 to find the Lord for himself, to know the Lord for himself. So before he even, I don't even know, probably even before he met his fiance, he was searching and he went to different churches. He called a couple of names that I knew. He went there and he was looking. And so he was trying to give me his perspective of what he experienced. And so I would just, you know, ask him questions. And so, you know, I kind of knew, you know, what he probably encountered. And one of the questions I asked him, I said this, I said this, I said, brother Tim, who took interest in your personal growth when you went to that church? I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, don't don't turn away from us just because we're not following your tradition. Because in this church, we're going to take special interest in your personal growth. If you don't grow in CCC, you just don't want to grow. If you don't grow here, you just don't want to grow. You just want to stay in your comfort zone. And guess what? It's up to you. I'm okay with it if that's what you want because I can't want for you what you need to want for yourself. You got to want it, right? And so it's okay. But the point is, if you're in this church, sooner or later, we're going to come to you 
Because we take interest in you because God does. It's not because of who we are. It's because of who he is. And he sends us to you to say, so, brother, so, sister, you've been coming for a while. And, you know, we want to talk to you a little bit to see what you're interested in. What, what, what are you expecting from the Lord? What do you want to accomplish in God? Did God talk to your heart about something? What do you think? And we will do what we can as we hear from God to help you in your personal growth and maturity in Christ. That's what we'll do. And guess what? If the Lord blesses that we become a 1500 seater congregation, it will be the same because the leadership of this church will always hear that from me as long as I'm the pastor. Are y'all talking to the people? Are y'all getting the information from the people? Are you all meeting them? Are you inviting them out to lunch? What are you doing to help people? They will always hear that. Ask them. Ask them. Trust me, there's stuff going on behind the scenes of this church that you don't know because we keep records of who is talking to who. We keep records of, did, 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 did you help them with, with, with some kind of Bible study? We got records of that. That's the kind of church this is. So every person that comes in here is accounted for. Not all by me, because we're all doing this as a team, but every person here will, will be accounted for. Because that's what God's intention is for us, for all of us. God's intention is not for us to build no mega church and the pastor don't know the saints. <sighs> Get out of that. Get out of that, preacher. Jesus cares for you. (laughs) I'm back. Peter wrote. We read it earlier, but I'm going to read it to you in the NLT version. Peter wrote, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Even if you don't know, he knows. Sometimes we know God is in control and on the throne and on the job, but we don't know if he cares. He does care. Jesus cared for you and for me. It is of all importance to realize that he, that his heart is, is, is ever toward us. He is no indifferent. He is no indifferent spectator of, of, of our suffering. He feels for us in all of our afflictions and bids us to give every care to him. Be assured that he is concerned about all we have endured. It matters to God about you. How precious it is to realize that everything about you matters to God. We don't want to, we don't, you know, we're kind of slick. What time? 824. All right. So we're kind of slick sometimes because when I say a statement like that, 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 that goes back to what they say the word of God is, Sister Mariah. The word of God is a two-edged sword. So it cuts going. We like when it cuts going. We don't like when it cuts coming. But if God cares every single thing about me, let's get it first when it cuts going. Oh, man. That means he always want to take care of me. That means whatever comes against me, God defends me. That means if I need something, God will provide. But when it comes back, you know what it means also? Everything about me, he cares. How I look. How I carry myself. Uh-huh. Everything about me, he cares. So that word, two-edged sword. When it go that way, man, it feels good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it comes back this way too. And if he cares everything about you, he wants to get all up in your business. 
I say that about folks sometimes. I say, y'all don't want God all up in y'all business. Y'all want him to stay in his corner and only do what you want him to do. Christianity don't work that way. It can't work that way. You can't just tell God, stay over here and I'll let you in whenever I need you. I tell you all the time, I love my kids until the day that I die, Brother Cal. Guess what? Whatever they need from me that's mine, I'm digging all in their business. Dad, I need to borrow 200. Okay, come talk to me. What is it for? How did you get in that situation? Uh, when am I getting paid back? How are you going to pay me back? How much you make every week? How much you make every two weeks? Because if, if your paycheck is always spent when you get paid, you can't pay me back. So sometimes, guess what? I ain't messing with dad. Because I got to tell dad how much I make. I got to show dad my budget. <laughs> I got to run through all this stuff and tell dad before he give me a couple hundred. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It will always be that way. Well, it's the same thing with God. He's going to take care of you, but he's going to be all up in your business. He's going to say, if I do this for you, then you can't do that. Why? Because he don't want his money being squandered. Right? When he got the children of Israel to get to the promised land, they got there, and guess what he did? Ten commandments. Because I'm not going to keep on delivering you. Well, he will, but, but that's just kind of, you know, just trying to give it to you the way we would think about it. Basically, what he's saying is, I just delivered you out of a whole heap of mess. Mess! I just delivered you out of so, so I don't have to go back to deliver you again out of mess. Here are the commandments. Just stick to these and you won't go back into that mess and I have to come back and deliver you. Same kind of deal. God will be all up in our business if we let him. And it's a good thing because if he's all up in our business, he will help us. But if we want him to just stay afar off and only throw us some trinkets of blessing, here you go, here you go when you need it, guess what? We'll be blessed, but we won't have eternal life. What was it? Who was it? All right, let me go back to my Bible lesson. Who was it? Um, okay. Um, Esau and, 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 and Isaac. It wasn't Esau. It wasn't, no, it was... Um, um, what's the first one that came by Abraham, his first son? Ishmael. Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael, he got some blessings, but Isaac got the inheritance. I want to be Isaac. I don't want to be no Ishmael. And there's a lot of people, that's a good message to preach. Y'all can grab that and preach that one day. Brothers, preach, you can preach that. Because, because guess what? Ishmael got blessings. Isaac God inheritance. I'm not pleased with a little bit of tree. Just by living for God, I'm blessed. So I'm not chasing blessings when the blesser is my daddy. I need an inheritance so I will have it all the days of my life. We can't be Christians chasing blessings. Blessings follow us because of who we are and who he is. Let's not settle for blessings. Let's get the inheritance by doing what he wants us to do. By following him so we can get the inheritance and not just trinkets. Because we be fooling ourselves to think because we got a blessing here, a blessing there, we doing all right. No, no, you just Ishmael. And if you know anything about the Bible, the, the whole um, Muslim um, religion came from Ishmael. So you tell me how good that was. 
If anybody know from experience that God cares for his own, it is Peter. (laughs) Peter was the one that wrote, cast all your care upon him for he cared for you. If anybody know from experience that God cares for his own, it is Peter. When you read the four gospels, you discover that Peter shared in some wonderful miracles. Watch this. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus gave him a great catch of fish. Jesus helped Peter pay his temple tax. (laughs) Jesus helped Peter walk on water. We all know that. Jesus helped Peter repair the damage he did to the ear of the man that he cut it off from. And even delivered Peter from prison. Peter know well about the Lord Jesus Christ, how much he cares about everything. I'm sure Peter was like thinking, God, they getting ready to, 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 to crucify you. I'm getting ready to do them in with my, you know, I'm a good swordsman, God. I'm getting, I'm doing men. They messing with you. I cut the man ear off, ready to cut, cut him up. And you, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, pick the man ear up, put it back on. Peter must be like, you got to be kidding me. They getting ready to do them in and he's still healing them. So Peter know every little thing. Peter was fishing. He couldn't catch no fish. And the Lord said, throw it on that side. He throw it on. Here come a whole lot of fish breaking his net. Peter's mother-in-law, not even Peter, his mother-in-law, sick, fever, be healed. Peter know all about Jesus caring about everything. Everything. Lord, if that be you, bid me to come. Come. Stepped out of the boat. Some people still say they're trying to figure out how he stepped out of the boat. What, did he jump over? Did he put his one leg down and the other one down and then started walking? They still trying to figure that out. We, we some interesting people figuring out. I don't care how he got out of there. The bottom line is he was walking on that water. We know that the Lord carried all our sins and our sicknesses when he carried the cross to Calvary. But Isaiah prophesied he would also carry our griefs and our sorrow bundled in with those griefs and sorrows are all of our worries and cares there is no reason for you or me to load on our back what jesus already carried on his Worrying and grief, Jesus took those and carried those. When we worry, when we have grief and all that stuff about life, we are carrying it all over again. And Jesus already did it for us. Watch this. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25. Let's just go there and clean this all the way up. Therefore, I say unto you, Take no thought for your life. Uh-oh. Who is it in here? All of us, probably. We worried about everything. He said, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink. Nor yet for your body. Woo! What ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than remnant. Behold. Jesus breaking it down. The fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not more better 
than they. We need to circle that in our Bible and keep on reading that. If God feed the birds of the air and make sure they good, you compare yourself to a bird now. You think a bird can even scratch who you are compared to who they are? But he's taking care of them. So where does that leave us? Where does that leave us that if the Lord is pointing out that some random bird in the sky, random bird, you probably don't even know the name of the bird, random bird is being taken care of by God. What is he doing for us? What is he doing for us? He says, for why, well, 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 verse 28, and why ye take Thought for remnant, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. God is crazy. Well, he knows what I mean by that. <laughs> he compared a lily, a, 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 a tree to, to us thinking that, look what I've got on. I got my kingly robe on. He says, as great as your kingly robe is, it still don't look better than one of those lilies in the field. Man, stop it, Jesus. <laughs> and yet I said to you that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. God says in his word, if the grass is not always there because y'all plow it up and plant. So it's not even there permanently. You are going to exist eternally. Whether in hell or in heaven, we're going to exist eternally. And he says, if I can treat the grass good, that is not permanent and everlasting. What do you think I'm going to do for you? My goodness. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do ungodly people seek. Gentiles. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness on all these things. What did I just tell you? When we live for God and follow him. Let's just line it up again. When we live for God and follow him, that's the easy way to say seek ye first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take no, take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We are admonished here by God in this text not to worry about anything. I know it's easier said than done, but we're going to have to work at it. We're going to have to work at it. And every time you say in your mind, oh, you know, I rebuke it in Jesus' name, and you need to rebuke yourself sometimes. As soon as you begin to bring stuff up and make it an excuse, you need to rebuke it. Just like I told you, I rebuke myself. Because I had to challenge myself and say, boy, what you thinking about? Talk about prayer is not enough. 
Because you think you can do something more greater than prayer? Do you think that? And I had to rebuke myself. And so for you and for me, when we begin to think about things that, 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 that is not right, we ought to call ourselves on it. And so if we're here thinking, well, you don't understand. It's tough. I'm worried. I'm concerned. You don't understand. Stop it and rebuke yourself. God says not to worry. God says not to worry about what you don't have or what you need because he will take care of you. Don't worry. And so he says, don't worry. Since the Lord Jesus has given us life and a body, he will certainly also provide what we need to maintain them. Let me just get on our case a little bit so we look crazy. When you plan not accident. When you plan to have a kid, do you plan to have a kid, but you don't have no plans to take care of that kid? And you, you now compare yourself with God. Just think about that. If we plan to have children and the husband and the wife say, yeah, honey, you know, we want to have a nice you know, we want to have a girl first and then we'll have a boy next. And you're starting to plan it. You know, you, you make sure you have enough money. You know, we go all the way out, make sure the house is big enough. The room is painted just right. The right crib, all the diapers, all the, we go through all this stuff to make sure. Come on, baby, we ready for you. That's us. And we sinful, we imperfect, we flawed. And that's what we do. Now think about the one that created us. That's why he's saying don't worry. Because if y'all being evil give good gifts to your children, how much more should your heavenly father do? I'll keep it moving. Jesus said that worry is sinful. We may dignify worry by calling it, watch this, by calling it some other name like burden, like barrier cross. But the results are still the same. Instead of helping us live longer, worry, anxiety only makes life shorter for us. You want to make your life shorter? Keep worrying. You want to limit your life? Keep worrying. The Greek word translated here, take no thought, literally means to be drawn in different directions. Worry pulls us apart. Worry pulls us apart. Uh-huh, it does. It pulls us apart. We need to trust God. We need to trust God. Until man interferes, everything in nature work together. Because all of nature responds to God. However, here come man, and man is pulled apart because he tries to live his own life by depending on himself and material wealth. That's what we do. We're trying to live this life by ourselves and always going to get stuck worrying. Keep trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's our best option. Trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ is our best option. Option. There is no better option than trusting in the Lord. I'm finishing up. Here we go. Jesus is our source. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about what you will eat or drink or wear. The world worries about that because they don't know the one we know. 
But we know him and he knows us. So don't worry. Just seek him first. Seek his kingdom first. Put him and his kingdom first. When everything is right and when everything is wrong, seek Jesus first. And so I finish here by telling you, Philippians 4 and 6, I don't think I could have teach this without including this scripture here. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Watch this. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts. And minds through Christ Jesus. That's when we don't get anxious for anything. That's when we don't worry about anything. And we put our heart and mind on Jesus. Then we know, guess what, we're going to be alright. Be not anxious or uneasy about the things of the present life. It does not mean that we are, we are to exercise no care about worldly matters. No care uh, to preserve our property or provide for our family. No, 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 no. But that is... It, 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 there is there, there is such confidence in God, and that's why we're saying the scripture is saying, "Don't you worry about it," because we have this confidence in God. He said, "But in prayer and supplication, we should make our requests known unto Him." When we drop it off on God, we we we, we need to just be okay with that. I prayed about it, and I'm trusting God. I think sometimes, if I can just put this in the spirit, I think sometimes we give God things and take it back and we never get to experience the miracle he wants to give us because we took it back. How can he give us the miracle if we took it back? But if we will give it to him and now we are without, guess what? He has to come through. <laughs> I told you I grew a whole lot from 2022 to 2024. Some of you heard the story, and some of you didn't. When we did our, uh, our campaign to raise money to buy this building, and we went through all of it, and we raised some money, and we didn't think we raised enough money, and we're still worrying how we're going to do it. The next thing I had to worry about was what financial institution was going to give us a loan. And I started checking with all of them. And some never returned the message. Some told you, okay, we think we can do something. They didn't do it. Some says we can only offer you this. Some say nothing. Crickets. I said, man, oh, man. And I'm worried. I shouldn't be worrying, but I worried. And finally, here it comes. God gave it to us right under our nose. Some little weird bank in a weird little strip mall. Some people, I had no clue who they were because in our mind, those are little banks. We go to TD Bank. We, we go to, um, um, it ain't Wachovia no more. What is it called now? Wells Fargo. We go to Wells Fargo. We go to even Santander, my bank. I mean, we, we go to these big banks. We ain't go to that little strip mall. Customer's bank. What is that? That don't even sound right. But God came through because only God knows everything. And so my point is, when you get to the place of 
being without because you cast it all on him. You give him the opportunity to give you what he has for you. But if you are loaded down with worry and anxiety, what else is he going to be able to give to you? You can't even handle what God gives to you if you have worry and all loaded down on your back. If you have anxiety all on your mind, what can God give you that you will even recognize? Because you're so consumed by your worry. You're so consumed by your anxiety. What could God give you if you're consumed by those things? And so God has sent me by here to tell you tonight, give your cares to him. So he can get you out of the worrying business. So he can get your mind stayed on him. So he can do what he needs to do in your life. But, don't miss the but, you have to follow him. You have to seek him first. I don't want you to come tell me, preacher, I did what you said and it's not happening. And all I'm going to say to you is, tell me how you've been following Jesus this week. If you, if you follow him and he doesn't come through, then you can come tell me. But if you follow him, he's going to come true for you. Let's stand. Jesus cared for you. It is of all importance to realize that his heart is toward his own. He is no indifferent spectator of our suffering. He feels for us in all of our afflictions and bids us to give every care to him. Somebody's hearing me tonight. Whether you're here or you're online, I know that you feel like what you're going through ain't no way the Lord cares and he's allowing this to happen to me. Well, because you're not all-knowing, I ask you please not to think that way because you're not all-knowing. You can't make that assessment or that assumption when you're not all-knowing. If you're going through something right now and, and you feel like God should have done something about it and he hasn't, all I'm asking you to do is stop what you're doing and start following him. And the question is, how are you following him? I'll also make this mention, I'll also make this mention, God knows better than you know if you're giving all or you're not. And so we, we, we make things so easy on ourselves, we're quick to say, I am following you. What does that look like? Because you don't want me to tell you what Jesus says that we need to do when we follow him. First of all, he says, take up your cross daily. We can, trans, we, we, we can, we can take that cross word and, and it can mean a whole lot. But if you keep reading that same scripture, if you go under it, you know what he says? For whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall save his life. That's what he said. So following him means you come out of yourself and just follow him. Consumed by his purpose, consumed by his will. And church, can I tell you, we can't think that God is crazy, that he's going to say, if you can get consumed with my will, then you're neglecting anything. God will take care of you. My, my crazy um, oldest son, um, you know, he have his running joke that he, that he likes to run about me. Yeah, you know, Brother Wayne, he was, he, was, he was in a different world from this time to that time. 
Next time he say, you know what I'm going to say? Did you ever starve? Did you ever need anything? Did you ever want anything? Was there ever a situation that you, we didn't provide for you? Was, was there anything that you ever needed that we didn't get for you? Okay, then stop telling me I was in some different world because you mad because I was losing my life for his sake. Because that's what was happening. I wouldn't be here today if I wasn't losing my life for his sake. And for the ones that weren't losing their life, that got to the place where they're pastoring, they're out there playing games with the churches. This is not a game for me because I knew what it took. I lost my life. This is why I'm standing here. I had lost it completely. And everybody that was connected to me, they knew it. But what are y'all saying now? Everybody that's connected to me, my mom right here, she knew it. She lived in Florida, and she used to always say, son, when you come and visit me, can you stay a Sunday? No. It probably wasn't right. But I had lost my life for his sake. I ain't never going to apologize for that. Because I could not be here today. It was only one way I was going to get here. Losing my life completely for him. So when my kids want to tell me how I was in a different world, I probably was. But while I was in that different world, did y'all not eat? Huh? Y'all wanted me to attend to worldly stuff. Because I ain't messing with no basketball games. I ain't messing with this. I ain't messing with that. I didn't. I had lost my life. And I was trying to figure out what my new life was. I know what my new life is today, and that's why I can balance better, Sister Jackson. I did not know how to balance it back then. I was learning. You go, you go watch a baby when they're born and see if they know what's going on. They don't. They're trying to figure out their life. This is why it's so crazy when my knucklehead little last born try to act like he know everything. Boy, you're just trying to figure life out. You don't even know what life is. Well, that's the same thing with being born again. And then, after being born again, understanding and learning your purpose in Christ. You don't know what they are. If we're going to follow Jesus, he will see to it that he will supply all of our needs. He will take care of all our wants. He will make sure we don't have to worry about a thing. We will walk around with a surety. We will walk around confidently knowing it's going to be all right. Because why? I am doing his will. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We love you, Jesus. We are in awe of you in how you're just so great and all-knowing and all-powerful. Lord, your word is so on point. It is so true and so right. God, we're asking tonight that you will help us. Help us, almighty God, to follow you so closely that, almighty God, we will not have a worry in the world, that we will not allow anxiety to get the best of us, Lord. But, God, we will follow after you in such a way that, Lord, we will not worry about obstacles. We will not worry about what we don't have. 
We will not worry about what the devil can do to us because we know, Almighty God, that if we're in your will, you will take care of us. You will defend us. You will provide for us. You will give us what we need to continue to go on, Almighty God. Will you move on this church in such a way that we will come to a place where we will follow you so closely that we will walk according to your will, that we will talk according to your word, that we will live the life that you want us to live, and that every single situation, every challenge that come our way, oh God, every setback that we experience, we will not worry. We will not have anxiety, but we will know that we trust in the name of the Lord. We will know we serve the God who is all-knowing, who is all-powerful, who gives us life and sustains us with life. And we will know assuredly that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Father, have your way in us, Lord God, that from this moment on, we will not allow worry and anxiety to get the best of us. But Lord, that we will go in your purpose, that we will go according to your will. Bless this congregation. Start with me, Lord. Start with me, Lord. Work in my life, Lord. Work through me. Work in me and work in the life of every saint of God in this church. Work in their life, Lord, that we will be a people that will trust in the name of the Lord. A people that will pick up our cross daily and follow you and not allow any anxiety or worry to creep in. Lord, we praise you and thank you for your word. Lord, we're so grateful. We are better off now than we were earlier because you have spoken into our hearts and we receive your word. We receive your word. We receive your word and we give you praise and honor and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Somebody give God some praise. Let's thank him tonight. God is great and greatly to be praised. Jesus is our God and we praise you, O great master. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Come on, let's give him praise one more time. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your night. In Jesus' name.